I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Power 365 show. Today, we have Greg Hillman on the show and talking about everything PCF, so PCF, the Power App Component Framework. So exciting times. He's a developer at Microsoft on the Power Apps Component Framework. Uh, We're going to discuss guidelines, best practices, technical consideration of using PCF um, within Power Apps. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 188. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, very good to be here. So it's uh, it's good to have you on and, and get a chance to unpack the Power Apps Component Framework um, today. But before we go there, Greg, can you tell me a, a, a bit about, you know, what part of the world you hail from? And what do you do when you're not working? Sure. Um, I am, like a lot of folks that work for Microsoft, um, in the Seattle area. I actually live in Seattle itself. Uh, and um, I quite enjoy it out here. It was I came out here for work. Um, when I joined the Dynamics 365 organization as an engineer. And it's actually been really nice. We're finally getting into spring. We're getting sun more often than not. And uh, yeah. Um, Seattle, Seattle is uh, rainy all the time. Never come here. <laughs> I've been there a few times. So where did you come from before you moved to Seattle? In? I would say um, I always tell people the East Coast of the U.S., um, be, mostly because I was originally born in New York City. I grew okay. up in New Jersey, up and down mm-hmm. the East Coast. Um, but mainly I've been in New York, um, Washington, D.C., and then uh, Seattle. So the only... Apparently, I only like to like only like to live where it's too expensive to live. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're in crazy times at the moment. You know, COVID is is on top of mind for a lot of people working mm-hmm. from home. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your key working from home strategy at the moment? Uh, for me, what helps is that we have um, my uh, kind of computer desk set up in our second guest bedroom that we use for whenever anybody's staying over. So, with nobody else staying over right now, being how things are. It is yeah. very much like going into the office. Only my commute is about ten seconds long, if even that long, uh, versus an hour, versus around about an hour. So, I go into the kitchen, I make my coffee, I get my breakfast, nice. whatever. I come into the office, I sit down, and I get to work. And when I wrap up, you know, I lock the computer, get up, and walk into the other room, and then I'm quote home. It actually works uh, pretty well. It's enough of a separation just having this other room. So, so. How do you, um, I like that you have that separation. How do you deal with, if you like, not having the variety of face-to-face connections that potentially you would have? And and what do you do for play, you know, as in when you, as in, in this scenario, to kind of switch off from work and, and really, um, you know, have some downtime? Sure. Um, myself and a couple of other groups of friends do have kind of standing uh, virtual happy hours where we're all just kind of nice. get together in some kind of uh, video chat and uh, talk about whatever's going on, just kind of hang out. Um, when I'm when I'm kind of switching off altogether, um, I mostly stick to uh, playing a lot of video games more than more than anything else. And these days, um, just uh it's mostly uh, animal crossing as it is for a lot of folks it's the least stressful <laughs> video game on the market and honestly that's what we all need right now yeah so true so true okay interesting interesting so what led you to uh end up working for microsoft so it's actually a strange story right out of college back in 2000 i got a job at microsoft working for support um for um, if your classic ASP application was hanging or crashing on the server, you probably would have gotten me on the phone. Gotcha. Um, I did that for a couple of years and then moved on. Um, in those couple of years, dot, uh, .NET came out, ASP.NET came out, 
And I moved on from being a web service support guy to being more of a, a .NET developer. And I moved on from Microsoft to work for all sorts of people, both as a contractor and as a consultant for all the various partner companies that are out there for a little over a decade. Um, and during that time, SharePoint really kind of became kind of one of the bigger platforms in like 2007 or so. So I became a SharePoint developer using .NET. Did that for a long time. A lot of my projects there were with the focus of creating something so that users didn't have to call IT to get get uh, something done on, on their site. They could do it themselves. They could change their own CMS, yada, yada. Um, and that's really carried through to re when I rejoined Microsoft. I rejoined as part of the Dynamics 365 organization. And I bounced around in there from uh, Dynamics portals, now Power Apps portals, to the uh, Dynamics 365 app for Outlook, and then uh, now landed on uh, the Power Apps component framework team. And here, it's actually been um, kind of a crossing of, of the two things that I've really focused my whole career on. One, software development. You know, as, as a professional developer, as a web developer, I'm constantly creating applications, uh, visualizations, whatever it was for, for our users. Um, and then on top of Power Apps, it's, you know, Power Apps is built for your for your app makers, for folks that are there in the business to really develop uh, solutions for themselves. And the framework is really that overlap between the two, where professional developers can create uh, custom controls using everything they have at their disposal, uh, JavaScript to HTML, CSS, yada yada yada, um, and then deploy it to the environment where app makers just use it. And that control feels and looks like any other control. And it it gives that kind of like good dovetailing of professional developer and citizen developer uh, towards an end product that hopefully is something that users are just going to use and make their work lives a little better. Yeah, I like it. So just tell me, just unpack it a little bit for me. The journey of of... PCF actually in the core product. In other words, where mm -hmm. Microsoft are, are using and, you know, have been on this journey for a while of using PCF for a lot of the interface components are there. And then, of course, moved into this area where other developers can create their own PCF controls. What's your thinking then around that whole core platform and, and internal use of PCF? Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, PCF has actually been uh, gotten feeling a little more mature than it than it would it would seem to be. It's only really even been uh, available for the public to take a look at since last fall. Um, but we but there's a lot there, and that's because uh, the Dynamics 365 uh, Unified Client Interface. A lot of those controls are built on um, an earlier internal version of uh, the Power Apps Component Framework. Um, it was decided to take the framework that we had written just for our own product and, and extract it and allow third parties to start building controls based on that same API. And that's what, what we've done. We've What we're working on now is against a strict kind of adherence to first party and third party being the same experience. So we have internal teams at Microsoft working on the next experiences for Dynamics and for Power Apps, building controls using the same tooling, the same framework as third parties are using uh, to build controls. So the same the same uh, pain that you might be experiencing as a framework developer for whatever reason, the same tooling that you're using, um, internal, internal teams are using the, that same tooling, are experiencing that same pain, and it allows us to iterate much more quickly as we're experiencing the exact same issues ourselves building a product as you would be building things on top of the product. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, if you thought of it from an end game perspective, where where would you like, you know, if we crystal ball the future to be with PCF for internal use and therefore also, you know, what would be uh, GA'd for, for the public? Uh, for um, as it is right now, uh, the, the API surface that we have for third parties is not exactly the same as it is for first parties. Mostly because we had we had been adding APIs for really whatever we needed as an internal as an internal organization just to get our product ready, um, but a lot of it is very was very dynamic specific because that's where it came up, um, and we are focused on having our third party available APIs really may be at parity between Canvas based Power Apps and model driven apps, um, which is really kind of. Um, that Dynamics UCI interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, further on down the line, as we get on towards GA uh, later this year, 
Um, we're looking at making sure that that anything you can do on the model-based side, you can do on the canvas side. Um, and trying to round out the edges around how easy it is to create a component, um, making sure things like uh, data sets are, are there. I think that's, that's been released uh, most recently. We're looking, looking towards um, seeing what it would look like to try to get PCF onto things like a Power Apps portal. Um, that work okay. hasn't started. That's just something we're talking about because we've heard so much feedback. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think uh, towards towards the future, it would really be uh, third parties and first parties using the exact same tooling with the same APIs um, to where there wouldn't be any difference between what we're doing and what third parties are doing. Much like um, after extracting out the CDS uh, from Dynamics as well, Dynamics as it is right now is a highly customized um, CDS app, model-driven power app with, with a whole lot of uh, extra stuff built on top of it. But much like how we, how we always, do, always describe SharePoint as a super uh, complicated ASP.NET website. Uh, <laughs> there's there's nothing there that you couldn't build if you put in the amount of time and developers that we have um, with the tools that we give you. And that's really, that's really the goal. Um, and um, when it comes to code components, versus uh, uh, Canvas components, or just, you might see yep. in the docs, it's just components. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to make it so that uh, users, app makers, when it comes time to actually build their build their app, they they go to, into one one interface to pick, pick out components, and then code components and Canvas components are there just as a way to um, give folks a way to separate um, what might not, um, might not be there, like maybe on the code side, there's a little more admin yep. uh, uh, knobs and knobs and sliders around what it'll be available and what not won't be available. But aside from that, we want it to look and feel to an app maker like it is the exact same thing on either side. They're just picking something from a library and using it. Mm -mm -mm. Do you think there'll ever be a point where the surface that we work on, um, as in you know the the user interface surface? Uh, including the the left navigation, the upper navigation will all be uh, ultimately anybody could build controls to even replace or or use as an alternate to the ones that Microsoft provide. So I'm talking about the areas that kind of sit currently within things like sitemap. Yeah, yeah, I think eventually um, there will be options for that. Now it may not be uh, directly in. Like uh, your your model based app app configuration where you're swapping out the the nav control for something else, it'll be more like um, as we move towards a convergence of model model based power apps and canvas based power apps to where you're just building an app, um, and you might have model pages and you might have canvas pages. What what that converged app might look like, I can imagine uh, seeing where your, where your nav, your top bar, your sidebar, really however you wanted to manage that could be custom as you would be used to in a Canvas style, but then also include model based pages inside that that custom app. Um, that 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 convergence of being just kind of one power apps being one thing and not having to choose if you want model-based or Canvas is something that we're starting to work on. That can be uh, a while down the road, but this mm -hmm. converge, the mm -hmm. convergence, the one control and PCF to run inside model-based or Canvas-based with one set of code and one deployment is kind of like that first baby step in that direction. Mm -mm. What are the kind of the big or the highlights like around lessons learned um, so far on this journey? And and what's kind of influenced your decision um, processes for PCF specifically? Um, we're definitely looking at um, we're, we're you know we're, we have a all our telemetry that we gather as as being a cloud service, and we're we're slicing and dicing those numbers, looking at how happy people are creating apps that that take advantage of PCF controls versus uh, maybe uh, apps that are just running out of the box. Uh -huh. um, we're looking at um, how many. Um, how many uh, controls are being deployed out there? Uh, we don't really see what they are or what they're doing, just how many. Um, and making sure those numbers are are in the right direction. If they start uh, falling off a cliff, we'll know uh, we'll have some some work to do. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but on the developer side, like um, creating creating a PCF control, how that feels, 
uh, with the tooling and the debugging and all that. We don't have a lot of um, insight into that quite yet. So that's been mostly the work of um, our community folks, our program managers, um, and even myself as far where I can find folks as far as just to talk in person or on, 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 on Twitter or wherever else people are around um, how things are, where the pain points are, um, and everything else. Um, yeah. And that's definitely, it seems like in the last three months or so, we must have hit some sort of a a pivot point where okay. um, on the, uh, like the Power Apps forums, if somebody mm-hmm. asks a question about PCF for those first few months, it would be somebody from the product team that would have to jump in and answer those questions. And it seems like in the last couple months, we've hit a point where the community can start answering those questions for the new folks coming in. Um, and to me, that's a good sign that the communities out there, they they seem to be as engaged as professional developers in PCF as we're seeing in our, our app makers um, being engaged with the Power Apps community working on out-of-the-box Power Apps. Mm-hmm. So that, that fervor for Power Apps seems to be continuing across that divide, which to me is is fantastic. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, for, I suppose, 18 months or so, there's been this massive comms patterns coming out of Microsoft around uh, the citizen developer and really, hey, you don't need pro devs anymore. They're, you know, anybody can build anything. And I suppose there was, uh, to a degree, an alienation of uh, pro devs, you know, going, you know, that would cut code, that would build uh, software. Um, and, and was there a future with them in the Power Platform and, and the Dynamics 365 landscape? And, of course, what PCF really clearly shows is there's massive opportunity for pro devs to continue on and build out components. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that some of that messaging was probably coming through at, at the big Microsoft conferences where developers mm-hmm. are used to a lot a lot of the focus being on, on them particularly. Yeah. And I don't think it was really against developers so much as they felt left out of the conversation. Um, I've talked to just a lot of developers in the meantime, uh, really since last year at Build or so, it was really um, seemed like um, Power Apps kind of came out um, and, and hit that hit that kind of point where everybody sort of started noticing. Um, and what I what I've been what I've been telling uh, developers, whether whether you're a developer as a part of a part of a partner kind of consultancy, if you're a developer at a big organization that has its own IT and and developers that are that are there, I would say that. The reason that that your users are really looking at power apps is less because they they don't want to deal with you, but more uh, more because of of two things that are just kind of a fact of big enterprise IT life is that a lot of times if if you talk to IT, you want to have a project, it doesn't have to be that big. Um, you might hear back from IT that sure they can get to you, but it's going to be six months. It's going to be however long because they've already got. This, this long runway of projects that are running from other parts of the company that have a lot of money. Um, and then once they get to it, that they are, there is that money contingency where depending on a lot of, a lot of companies are set up with cross-charging where if you're going to have IT build something for you, you have to pay for it out of your budget. Um, and if you were looking at a power app that's maybe going to help you and the other 10 people in just like your sub-team, there's there's not going to be an approval for an IP IT project for them, um, so that's where you've gotten a lot of things in in previous lives that have um, where you have your Excel spreadsheet that is kind of really driving that little part of the business, or you might have had something in Access, or you might have had something in uh, many many of the other things of the past that we've had. Um, and what I've said is that like IT is is not going to run out of work. Developers are not going to be run out of jobs. There's going to be plenty of work there for a long, long time. Um, and now with Power Apps, there is that that opportunity there, both with the Power Apps component framework to build custom UI um, for for these apps, but also inside um, um, the other side of custom connectors to get your your legacy APIs into the power platform one of the folks uh one of the uh folks that i've talked to um talked about uh, a legacy application they've had in their um in their company for the last 15 years it's based on asp.net but it's gotten you know it's it's grown and grown and grown all that after all that time and a lot of users 
um, don't like to use it, especially if they're on their laptop and they're out in the field somewhere and their connecti connectivity is not super great. Um, but they've taken the backend APIs or they've even written uh, web APIs to live on top of the same uh, SQL databases that are sitting in the backend and written custom connectors for those APIs. So now they have uh, little applets inside Power Apps that can address just small parts of that um, of that application where maybe somebody had a particular form in that app they were filling out all day. Now that can be a power app and it just sends it to the same SQL database in the back end. So the big app and the big reporting and everything else that goes on can yeah. still run based on that data. Uh -huh. So you give your users better upgraded kind of purpose-built little small apps that, that really address their particular issue and everything that your your legacy stuff has been kind of relying on for the last 15 years that still that can't go away without a giant project can still sit there and run and do its thing so there's a lot of flexibility there and it's just a matter of really finding the opportunity for um for the power platform and a lot of that is um having the empathy for your users to to really understand what their pain is and a lot of IT folks are too separated from that. Not for their not not that that's their own fault. It's just how companies are set up, um, and it's it it helps the companies that we've we've seen somebody who is put in charge of listening to those users and maybe going back to IT and, and spinning up maybe a mini Power Apps uh, group inside IT. Um, we've seen tremendous outpouring of folks creating a, tons of different apps. And that's all using out-of-the-box stuff, maybe with little bits and pieces, custom controls that were put out there uh, for a particular thing that people were used to seeing in their apps, or a custom connector that was going back out to the, the master data APIs that they use in every application everywhere. So the whole company is running on the same set of mm -hmm. countries countries in the world or the same, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So those are the, I could go on and on with what the opportunity is. The point is that that there's plenty of opportunity and there's no reason to be afraid. Um, and we've definitely gotten the feedback that people felt felt ignored and mm -hmm. we're, we're doing what we can to to address it now. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Now, Greg, forgive me. I'm not a I'm not a developer. Sure. Uh, you know, and but what I'm going to ask here is tell me about. If devs are listening to this podcast and and they've not got their hands on the the Power App component framework yet, what are kind of what are the steps they need to take? So I'm, we're just talking to a pro dev audience here. What steps do they need to take? And then I'm going to ask you secondary uh, from the citizen dev side, what steps would they need to take to start engaging with the controls? So taking that pro dev view right now. What are the steps? How do they, you know, start to build controls? How do they uh, access the framework and start producing components up to a solution state? Sure. Okay. So the first things that a, a pro developer is going to need to do is install the tools that we rely on to to build everything. Uh, the PowerOS component framework is a, a TypeScript JavaScript based framework, and as such, we use uh, Node and npm to actually run and build our controls. So you need to have uh, the node. You need to have Node.js installed and uh, npm that comes with it uh, on your computer. Um, and the other thing that you need is the MS Build build tools um, when the time comes to actually package up your component to deploy it. Uh, so that means either having some version of Visual Studio installed. It doesn't have to be professional. It could be the Community Edition. Or at the very least, the MS Build build tools, um, so that you can so that you have it on the command line, um, and then just um, be com be comfortable with using the command line to do everything, because um, the the scaffolding, of the creating of a project, building your project, uh, packaging it, um, is all done on the command line right now. Uh, we do have a Visual Studio extension that that the tooling team has been working on. Um, but they are still they're working on that with an, alongside a number of other things, and it's just a matter of finding the time to get everything done. Um, so right now everything is is on the command line, so be be okay with that. Um, but if you have npm um, and you have MS Build ready to go, uh, you can go out to the documentation site on docs.microsoft.com or aka.ms/pcfdocs. 
Um, and we've got um, tutorials there. We've got a, a number of sample components there. And we've actually got those sample components. If you go from on the documentation and can click on the link, it'll actually bring out to GitHub. Um, all those sample components are part of our Power Apps samples uh, repository out on GitHub. So you can pull all that code down and look at the samples we've written, how, how they work, um, and, and build everything uh, from there. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, for the app maker uh, or the citizen dev, what's what's their experience? Because uh, they're obviously not cutting and be doing the, the coding side and, and getting things up to solution ready. From that solution point forward, what's their kind of pathway to, one, I suppose, find out what is available or what's possible out there. And in some cases, they might even have to engage a pro dev to build something they need. Kind of what would you recommend to them? Um, what I would say, as far as seeing to see, seeing what's out there already, um, in inside the Power Apps um, authoring portal, where you're actually creating an app, uh, you click on the import uh, the custom menu at the top. Click on import component, and it'll pop in a panel from the side, and the panel will default to the canvas-based out-of-the-box components. But there's a second tab up there that says code. If you click on that. It'll query the, the backend environment for any code components, PCF components that have been deployed and show them there. You just choose one, click import. That'll import the, the definition of the component to your app. And then you just click on the, the plus menu uh, in the left nav to, to add a control. There'll be a new item there in the tree called code components. I'll open that item up and the component you just imported should be there. You click on it and it'll just add it to your app like any other control. And you can just work with it from there. Um, if you if you have an idea for a control or a need for a control, and you need and you need yourself a developer to maybe put it together, uh, what I would say is uh, understand what it is um, that you need out of that control, what it is that the out of the box com um, product isn't giving you, um, and uh, most importantly, understand what data. That you're trying to show in the inside that control is it is it um, rows and columns is it a bunch of data that you would normally show in a gallery but the gallery is being limiting for whatever reason um, and is it is it uh, read only you want to grab data from somewhere and show it or is it read and write you want to get data change it up maybe create a new version of whatever it is and save it back. Um, and then it's just a matter of working with uh, your development group to to get down what it is you want it to look like, how configurable it should be. Can you actually get the data from one of our out-of-the-box connectors and you just want to show it uh, differently? That's certainly an option as well. Um, one of the recommendations I give to our uh, folks using PCF is to not necessarily do all your data calls inside your component. Try to make it as as thin a just a UI layer if possible, and expose properties for your app makers to fill in to pass the data that you need into your component. Um, that allows that allows your app makers to kind of play with your component, maybe in ways that you weren't planning on. Maybe you build a component for a particular application you're building, but now that component is just there. And in follow-up applications, they might use it in a completely different way with completely different data um, that might still fit. And you just haven't planned on it because you're just not as close to the business as your users are. So um, I try to have, have that kind of conversation with folks. Um, but really, if... Um, if you're an app maker and you're, and you're thinking that this could be your first step into professional development, uh, we do encourage that. Um, but definitely as what folks have found is if this is your first step into professional development, there's a whole lot there. This is one of the, we, in the Power Apps group, we talk about no cliffs in, in learning Power Apps. This is definitely one of the biggest cliffs that's that's there right now uh, because it's, it's, it's not just learning Power Apps, but it's learning modern web development on top of that. And that by itself is is a, a whole uh, hill of beans, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So are there any plans to address that, as in from Microsoft's view of things? Um, there are. Uh, it's definitely something that we talk about. Um, and it's just a matter of trying to figure out how much we want to teach ourselves versus pointing to, I mean, Microsoft as a whole... Uh, for uh, whether it's um, our web technologies groups or other parts of our developer division are trying to lead web developers in general and help new web developers grow. 
So we want to we want to build on top of the work those groups are already doing, and then just try to try to spin it in particular to Power Apps, um, and just trying to figure out what that might look like and how we can lead people through that without letting them feel like they've been kind of dropped off by the side of the road <laughs> and told to find them to find themselves home um, is actually kind of a, a, a challenge. Um, it's it's hard to as a developer uh, to, to remember how much you've learned for as long as you've been doing web development just because so much has changed just in the last three years, but it builds yeah. on top of stuff that's been around for 20 years. So mm-hmm. there's a lot there. So one of the tools I always look to for ideas um, around um, PCF controls is, is a website called PCF.gallery, which is, I don't know, there's a, there's a heap of resources on that site put together uh, by Guido, one of the MVPs in the community that, that, you know, from day one got heavily involved in this space. For you, you, you know, do you see any kind of, you know, that might pop into your mind here, standout examples in the wider community or even in customers um, where they have built controls that, you know, made you go, wow, that that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, because obviously you, you're creating a tool set that allows people to go out and create pretty much anything, you know, within that, that interface that they want. Anything kind of jump to mind for you? There's a couple that, that jump to mind. There is, there is one there. You've seen a few different versions, both from, from the product team and also out in the community of, uh, map controls being built. That was that was really kind of one of the big thing, first initial things. Um, but we've seen some out there that have really taken that map control and brought it to that that next level where they weren't just dropping pinpoints on the control. You could uh, select the pinpoint, see information about. I think I think it was accounts on a map, but inside that account, it was you you could then open that up to a different panel to dig into that account, find out what you needed. And it, it it dug in deeper and uh, more smoothly. There was it was it was it looked slick. It had all the animation. It was almost like a product in itself inside a control, and that might be what they're actually looking. They, it may be something they're actually looking to sell um, once they can get these sorts of things on that on AppSource. Um, but something else I've seen as, as well from from one of our bigger. Um, customers that work with a lot of in the energy space, a lot of oil and things like that, that they had um, oil field configuration and, and mathematics that was going into values that was being shown inside a model driven app that inside the app, you would just see this before you would just see this number and you had to take, take it on its face. That number was correct because somebody else did, did some math and put it there. And what they did was create a control where the number was there but you could click a little drop down next to the number and see the mathematical formula and all the different fields that were being pulled in and, and assigned to variables to actually do that math end to end. And if you wanted to click into each one of those and see where that number came from, it would open open that up on another screen and it would have its own all the way back. So all these, these formulas were feeding into each other and feeding into each other. But if you had some had a problem with something, you felt it was in the math. You could then follow that math all the way back to uh, something that was maybe like 12 formulas deep in the overall uh, mathematics and, and maybe find what the problem was. And this was just through exposing exposing this information inside a control. And that's, you know, it's very specific to their organization. It's very specific to the data they have. That's something that we as a product team would have never built on our own. It's way too specific. But for them, it was uh, a lifesaver, which was yeah. actually really neat. So, so you, you raised something interesting there um, around app source, and uh, I've heard a lot of questions come from developers that want to produce PCF controls that could be used as part of a wider, you know, uh, solution for customers. Mm-hmm. And there's currently doesn't seem to be any way that, for example, they could put them up on app source, or uh, and and some of the restrictions of that is that in app source you need to be a Microsoft partner before you can even list a product up there. Yeah. And these these are individual developers that they've they've not got the intention to I suppose go down that becoming a partner type. It just doesn't make sense, right? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're not really fitting in that mm-hmm. comp- framework. What what are the, what's your thinking at the moment around that, and what are your thoughts potentially going forward for that kind of getting those controls onto AppSource? 
Well, when it comes to getting getting stuff onto AppSource, that's that's going to be that's controlled by our ISV team. It's definitely it is as you mentioned very very geared towards uh, partner companies that have uh, agreements with Microsoft in general to to sell their products through through that particular channel. And I don't I don't haven't heard anything about opening that up uh, to individuals. Um, anytime soon. But that said, I don't know if I would get those emails anyway. Um, that's, that's a team that we work with an awful lot because they, they, they develop our tooling. Um, but we're not, we're, we're not in all their meetings, certainly not in all their planning. Um, now, for an individual developer that, that maybe wants to uh, sell their, sell their con- components, like there's nothing inside the applications, nothing inside uh, Dynamics, nothing inside Power Apps that's limiting importing uh, solutions that were that were uh, sourced through AppSource. Uh, indeed, you can you can get them from just just about anywhere. And we do have partner companies that sell the uh, sell things directly. And then the challenge on 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 the person selling it is to how to protect their their IP, right? Make sure that that users are are not taking it and giving away. And and there's there's a number of ways to kind of work around that. Um, but that is that is the main the main uh, kind of I don't want to say roadblock, but the main uh, problem to fix yeah. or to address, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I definitely know there's a demand for it and a way for people to protect their IP without everybody building their own licensing engines, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to to get these out on market. Tell me. Uh, What's new or on your radar now that you're considering around PCF and uh, and its future? I suppose maybe not roadmap. I don't expect you know any timeframes or anything like that. But kind of what's top of mind in your thinking as, as you go into the next uh, half of this year? Um, like I said, we are talking about initial stages of what it would look like to have PCF inside Power Apps portals, uh, mm-hmm, which I think would mm-hmm. be incredible because right yeah, now yeah. PCF is locked behind things that you need to log into um, or you need to authenticate against your Office 365 tenant anyway. Um, uh, aside from that, we are looking at um, creating React native apps for for our applications and what it would look like for um for folks that are creating React-based controls to feed into a React Native app, um, starting to think about that, um, and uh, thinking about what we call uh, virtual controls as well. Um, right now, every PCF control is what we call a standard control, where we give you a an HTML div element, and you just need to fill in fill in your div with your UI. Um, where a, a virtual control actually is based on React. And your component is inserted into the React uh, application tree, same as uh, into the the tree for the application itself, same as any other control that's there. And that has benefits for uh, performance uh, mostly, and also around um, just smoother um, uh, flow through kind of the React uh, uh, loop, uh, so to speak. Um, so we're looking at that, uh, but the virtual controls um, and the React Native work, I don't want to say they butt up against each other, but they need to be considered with each other uh, because if, if, the, if the parent application, uh, whether it's Power Apps or, or anything else, um, is running as a React Native app, uh, that adds a, a few more wrinkles for uh, developers that are building React components that live inside that app versus something that is just made for the web. Um, and we need to f- we need to figure out what our React Native story is going to be, uh, maybe before we go down kind of that virtual control route uh, route. Mostly because we want to make sure that third party components don't accidentally take down the entire application uh, for whatever yeah. reason. We want to make sure yeah. that that those are sandboxed accordingly. Mm-mm-mm. What about best practice? Are, is there any kind of best practice recommendation you would have um, uh, for people that are, that are either building or using PCF? Um, uh, for best practices, I would say it's a lot of the same stuff you would see for best practices for web development in particular. Uh, make sure that you're cleaning after, your, after yourself. Um, if you're creating event, event listeners and if you're creating long-running uh uh, network calls, or if you're storing a lot of information uh, inside the browser itself, that that is really just for your con- your control. Make sure you're you're cleaning all that up when your controls get ready to unload, uh, so you don't wind up leaking memory across the application itself. Um, 
other other guidance is really around what I was mentioning before. Try to separate your data calls from your PCF controls. If it is, if 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 necessary, you know, it's it's perfectly okay to create a custom connector that is purpose built for your PCF control to get it exactly the data that it needs. But then have the custom connector and have that PCF control be available for your makers later to do goodness knows what with. Um, and don't be afraid of your users. I think is 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 really is really the key. Um, there is there is so much uh, information now for uh, tenant administrators around power apps uh, with the power apps uh, meta connectors. That, you know, uh, power apps for for admins um, comes to mind as an example that you can as as an IT organization not have to restrict users creating power apps. But um, and and still be aware of everything that's going on. Power Apps is a cloud service. There's nothing that a tenant admin doesn't have access to. It's just a matter of getting it all in a way that, that an admin can keep control of it. So set, setting up your environment uh, environment uh, uh, policies, uh, get ahead of it. Um, one one uh, setup that customers I've, I've heard use that works pretty well is every time somebody creates a power app or creates a flow uh, for that matter, um, that that user gets an email from IT saying, "Hey, we noticed you created you created this app called XYZ. Um, here's a few links to um, our our best practices and maybe um, um, an internal uh, wiki site with the uh, um, learnings that they already have as an organization um, and." Let that just be that. Um, let it be a light touch. And if a couple of weeks later, if, if they have a published version and it still only has one owner, reach back out and say, we notice you only have one owner. We, we think you should add one more. Here's how. If you don't have anybody, let us know. We can add ourselves just to make sure that this app can live on once you move out of your role or somebody else takes over or whatever. Um, so you have that that feeling of control. And then, you know, if, if they don't add it later, you can have a flow that runs and just adds like an IT service count as an owner. Um, so that somebody, you know, can always get in. Um, you don't have to worry about it if you are aware of it, right? And it's really, the, the tools are there to make yourself aware of it. Um, and it's just a matter of having somebody inside the IT org that is given the task of handling the power platform at your company, same as you would handle um, databases at your company, same as you would handle web servers at your company. There needs to be somebody that can handle this now. If, you're, mm -hmm. if, if you do have power apps, even if it's through, if whether it's through Office 365, that sort of license, or through power apps licenses, so you're, you're paying a lot of money. Um, you should. <laughs> you should handle mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Um, just as we go into closing here, what do you mm -hmm. see as the big opportunities for folks out there, whether they be um, customers, partners, or community members with PCF? What are the kind of, if you were in their position and you weren't inside Microsoft, but you knew what you knew from being in there, what would you mm -hmm. be going out and doing? What I what I haven't seen yet, and I think it's mostly because it is very new, that we aren't quite into general availability uh, for Canvas apps yet, is that uh, you haven't seen um, the ecosystem of companies that sell uh, control packs, uh, that sell um, purpose-built components that are set, that are part of a solution that can talk to each other. Um, so that opportunity is still wide open. Um, if, if you have uh, components that can that don't necessarily have to look and work the same, but are aware of each other and can flow with each other well. Um, that that's something that I would say is out there. Um, think beyond just a single control. Start thinking about two different controls. What about two different controls that talk to a back end um, that maybe allows different users to start working working together. Um, Start thinking of kind of that next step, like like you would, uh, I think it, you had mentioned earlier that a lot a lot of that basic uh, replacing a text box with something else that shows that text in a fancier way, like that's already out there. It's it's it was kind of the the low hanging fruit. Start climbing up to those next branches. There's there's all that opportunity is still there, 
And it's just, it's a little more work and it's a little more thinking and it's a little more understanding uh, the folks that you would eventually want to give, um, you know, sell these things to. Um, but goodness knows um, there's a lot of folks out there that, that have that sort of thinking on lock. And I think pointing them at this platform, mm-hmm. um, we're going to see a whole lot of really interesting thing come down the pike in the next couple mm-hmm. of years. So true. Greg, is anything else you want to add before we get on to some uh, quick fire questions? No, I think it's. I think what we've seen out there in community is really great. You already mentioned PCF dot gallery. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just a great URL. It is a fantastic website uh, that that um, our MVPs uh, Guido has put together. A lot of those controls have pointers to uh, blog entries, if not Git GitHub repositories. So a lot of those are open source. That if you're getting into PCF. Um, that's a great that's a great way to get started and also um, fairly new we do have a learning path kind of um certif- not not official certification but uh, learning modules uh that you can take if you go to aka.ms/learnpcf um that is kind of um uh, uh through our learning team uh, a newly built thing for PCF if you're starting from scratch and getting into it that'll step you through actually um creating your controls I like it. We'll make sure we put those all those links into the show notes so you can click through easily and grab them. Okay, let's get on to some quick fire questions. All right. Uh, okay, here you go. Would you rather never read another book or never watch another movie? Let's be honest. It's twenty twenty. Uh, never read another book. <laughs> What's an important truth? Do very few people agree with you on? Oh, that pineapple on pizza is okay. The problem Mm -hmm. is usually the deli ham that you're also putting on the pizza. (laughs) I like it. What's the worst haircut you've ever had? Oh, gosh. The worst haircut I ever had, honestly, is probably the haircut that I had for most of my adult life. And it was because (laughs) I was going into the the cheapest haircut place I could find and telling them to cut it to this length and be done with it. Mm Um Thankfully, uh, my partner that I have now, she convinced me to grow my hair out, which Mm -hmm. caused me to um, spend a lot more money on haircuts, but it's actually a whole lot better. (laughs) Starting to get a little feral now. I'm I'm seven weeks since my last haircut, so (laughs) we'll see see what happens next. Perhaps she'll have to cut it for you, right? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I've been tempted just to let it go and see what happens. Nice, nice. What do you believe in despite having no proof of it? Uh... That the New Jersey Devils can actually win a championship. <laughs> I like it. What would be your dream job if you if money was just not an issue? Oh gosh, um, my my summer job in college uh, was working as a Jungle Cruise skipper at Walt Disney World for minimum wage. Mm-hmm. It was probably the best job I had. Um, it definitely got me from being the scared kid at the front of the class to somebody who can actually talk to other people and not sweat to death. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and that job was actually uh, pretty great. It's down there in the, in, in the warm sun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're out there with people all the time. You get to be funny. Um, that would probably be my my kind of dream if, if I had money and didn't really care. Um, one, mm-hmm. one thing I actually look at, talk about with my partner also, is creating a bed and breakfast out somewhere because nice. we, both, we both enjoy cooking a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and having people over to to enjoy that cooking, it's yeah. just a matter of our, our apartment is just too small. Yeah, <laughs> right I now. love it. I love it. Um, final one here. If you could mm-hmm. instantly be an expert on any new subject that you're currently not an expert on, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, I had something in my head, and that's why I'm pausing here, because it is now <laughs> gone completely. Um, I, w- I would probably have to say, just a- as a developer, um, anything involving uh, like Kubernetes or uh, containers or any uh-huh, of that good uh-huh. stuff, um, I haven't had to deal with it, and so I haven't. And it's been a few years now, and it's getting awkward. <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> I feel like that would be the thing. Um, aside from uh, outside of technology, um, mm-hmm. I've got my eye on 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 bread baking is the next big thing that I haven't really nice. done any of yet, and I I need to get into that next. I like it. I like it. Uh, Greg, who do you recommend as a guest on the podcast in future? Anyone of your colleagues that uh, specializes in a particular area um, inside the, the the business applications group? Uh, one person that I would recommend um, 
is is not um, by by way of org chart, not necessarily as part uh-huh. of the uh, business uh-huh. applications group. Um, but Don, I, and I haven't talked to her and cleared with with her at all. But Donna yes, Sarkar, <laughs> she's um, been on. She's already. Oh, been she's on. been on already. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I didn't I didn't see her in the initial list. I must have missed her. But <laughs> since joining, yeah, since joining the Power Apps Group, uh, and, and it's it's somebody. It's been interesting to see somebody who is like Donna, who is mm-hmm. coming new to Power Apps to the Power Platform, and and how sold she's been on it. And it's it's real. It's not just her doing her job. Yeah, um, yeah. But aside from aside from that, gosh, um, it might be worth uh, trying to trying to find folks maybe that are part of our our controls teams, or um, folks that are building kind of the next bit of out of box components. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What what about anybody in the ISV side of things where PCF touches that ISV story? Is there because there's been some changes in that area in recent times? Any anybody jump to mind there? Um, there, there have been there, and um, it's it, the the tooling folks um, are kind of revamping and and reorganizing. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe maybe the PM there, um, if you want a deeper deeper look mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. talking about um, uh, either PCF and how how things can be built, whether you're talking about how uh, better bigger ISV um, opportunities there. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody from that team might be a good way to go, especially around talking about how the future of AppSource, uh, that'd be the group for sure. I like it. I like it. Maybe you could flick me an email after the show about who, what, or where. Um, Greg, before we go, it's been great to have you on the show. If there's, if people want to follow you online, are you on Twitter, LinkedIn, anything like that? If you're uh, you publishing anything these days? I am. I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search for me, Greg Herlman. I'm, I am there. Um, I am most often uh, probably too much on Twitter. If you go to twitter.com slash 98 codes, that's the number nine, number eight codes. Um, I am there. Um, or if, if you're not much of a uh, uh, social media person, you can go to aka.ms slash Greg. Uh, that'll get my uh, profile page on the Power Platform community site. Uh, you can log in and then uh, send me a message there. Hey, thanks for listening. Full show notes for this show can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 188. Feel free to reach out and recommend a person from Microsoft that you would like to see on the show or hear from on the show. And we'll see if we can get them on Uh, and listen to what they have to say. Otherwise, thanks for listening and see you next time.